This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. Hey, my loves. Welcome back to Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Hey, Daddy. Hey, Mom. And you know what? This is show number seven. That's what I heard. Can you believe that? I cannot believe it. They said time flies when you're having what? Fizz on. A fizz on. Now, today's topic is what, Daddy? Would you... Or could you be your friend if you weren't you? Could you be your friend if you weren't you? Now, every time we have a topic, we always want to uh, let y'all know where the topic came from. Okay? And as we're finding out, I got a lot of shit with me. Uh-oh. Okay? That's where it seems like all these damn topics is coming from, James. Now, the question is... <laughs> James, like, what you want from me? Okay, I'm the engineer. What do you want? Daddy, why did we bring this one up? Could you be your friend if you weren't you? Well, it was stemming from some things that we were watching recently as it pertains to others and the difficulties they seem to put in their own lives. And it was reminiscent of a question that I had asked you years ago uh, when we were having a conversation. And I said, could you be your friend if you were not you? And that's how it started. Okay, so... Years ago, when you asked me that question, I would have probably had to say yes and no. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I could say 100% yes, I could be my friend, and 100% no, I couldn't be my friend. Mm-hmm. Because there are good qualities about me, mm-hmm. and there are some qualities about me that I really need to work on. Mm-hmm. So at this stage in my life, mm-hmm. could I be my friend? Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the honest answer, though. Most of the time, y'all, because shit. Sometimes, okay, sometimes the things that I put myself through, self-inflicted, right? I wouldn't want to deal with me. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad that you don't take that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I wasn't saying anything. I was listening to where you were going with it. Well, I, I think that... Where I'm going with it is what I'm trying to still work on and understand, and it goes back to that thing, really treat people how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Like, it goes back to that. But at 48 years old, I'm still working on being a great friend to me, mm-hmm. which will allow me to be a great friend to everybody around me. And really what it is is, because you, you definitely have to be a great friend to you, but this kind of stems from oftentimes we are unconscious of what it is that we put out into the universe when we're dealing with others. And because it's us, we believe that we understand the capacity of our hearts, what our minds are, 
you know, grasping for whatever, the direction in which our spirits are going without others fully knowing it. And then when we take the time to sit on the other side of the, the seat and look at ourselves in the mirror, we ask, could we really appreciate that? comes from a story in which I heard a long time ago about a guy. He goes into the hospital to visit his friend who had a car accident. And he says to his friend, he says, what happened to you, man? I've always known you to be a good driver. How'd you end up in a car accident? He said, man, when I was 16 years old, my dad told me how to drive. He said, you take your left wheel of your car and you put it on the center double yellow line and you'll always be able to have the guy on the other side give you just that much room and you'll be fine. So he said, for years and years, I've always put my left wheel on the double yellow line and the person on the other side of the road always moved over and allowed me to always get through. So his friend said, well, what happened the other day? He said, everything was going fine until I ran into my dad coming down on the other <laughs> side of the road. <laughs> yes. So it's one of those things that the very things in which you were taught, if you ran into the individual that taught you or you ran into yourself on the other side of the road, would you be able to pass? And in that situation, he was unable to pass. So the question really that's being posed is based upon the things that you are permitted sometimes or not to get away with, would it be permissible if you were the one on the other side of the road coming down, running into you? See, I am, this is, I think, where sometimes, and I don't, where I think the challenge comes in, you don't see it being wrong when you're doing it to somebody else. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And then you can't imagine if somebody would do that to you. So, okay, y'all, this is one time when, okay, so I'm going to tell it, Dad. Tell it. So when we were roommates, right, and I had a boyfriend who eventually became my husband. That's right. Right? And he had a friend, a really good friend, who had a girlfriend. And I've always wanted to do a double date. Right? I've always just liked it. I thought that was cute. You know, you have right. these couples going out. Well, come to find out, the girl that was the guy's girlfriend used to mess around with Sid. And once she knew Sid and I were roommates, she st she started talking back. <laughs> <laughs> that bitch, she started talking bad about him. But you let it go. But go ahead. Okay, Daddy, I was going to get there. Get to it. But I did. I, I let it go because I didn't want to let go of the fantasy of this double date. I didn't want to let go of the fantasy of this relationship, mm -hmm. you know, of this friendship that we were building. And I remember one night Sid had come home and all of us were sitting in the kitchen. Myself, my date, um... The guy and his date, which was the girl Sid used to mess with after I told him that she talked greasy about him. And he walked home and God damn if she wasn't sitting right there. And he said to me later on when everybody left, he said, Monique, in five years, you'll have no idea where she is. And in five years, I'll be still standing right next to you. Well, at the time, I, at the time, I tried to justify because I was like, you know, that's my boyfriend's friend and his Girlfriend, and it's But you allowed her to say things that you knew were not true, all because of the fantasy of friendship. So the question I posed to you was, what if, my friend, I was to have done the same thing to you 
and allowed someone to say something about you, my friend, that was untrue. And then have the unmitigated gall to have their asses posted up in our kitchen, all for the fantasy of a double date. Would you appreciate me for that? Well, at that time, had I walked in and saw somebody in there that you told me talk greasy about me, it would have went different. It would have went different. It would have went different because their asses would have been asked to leave. And (laughs) I'd have probably asked you to go with Right, exactly. (laughs) And I would have said, well, I pay rent here too, so... I'm not going anywhere. However, and then I would have said that's a damn lie because neither one of us can pay that damn <laughs> So <laughs> at the end of the day, it's one of those things where um, in, in that set of circumstances, we found out that five years later, we don't know where that individual is to that day, yes. to this day, and we still riding strong. So. Again, life is really about assessing ourselves because it's always easy to point the finger at somebody else. And it's always easy to see the mistakes and the flaws that others make. But when we're able to kind of point the finger at ourselves and say, let me not concern myself so much with what it is that this person has done. And let me concern myself with how to better operate as an individual. When I was a younger man or a teenager, an, an eye-opening experience for me was I was always in the sports. And I t- had a tendency to always play with people that were older than me when I played sports. So when I played with younger kids that were my age, my level of intensity matched the 18 and 19 and 21-year-olds, but I'm 12 and 13 years old playing with guys 12 and 13 years old so I would say things that as a 12 and 13-year-old, you are not supposed to say under regular circumstances. But when you're 12 and 13 and you're playing sports and you see someone not hustling, you might say things like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm going to need you to run a bit fast and shit. Because when they were 21 and 18, they would say things like that to each other and or to me. And I didn't take offense to it because it just meant like, we love you, dog. But you better run your ass on so we can win out this bitch. Okay? So one particular day, because this was my routine amongst the friends who were my age. Yes. One particular day, I was surrounded by about eight of my friends who we would play sports with. And they all began to tell me that I was a bit too difficult and took sports way too seriously. (laughs) And that I need to modify my language when I spoke to them. And at that particular moment, I had to assess assess myself. And then, as opposed to being like, well, fuck all of y'all punks, because (laughs) the problem is y'all just too goddamn lazy and I want to win. What I said was, you know what? You're absolutely right. And I want to apologize to you. And that's something that I'm going to work on. And that always stayed with me to to consider the audience, to consider the people that you're with. Now, I was the same way when I dealt with the kids that could take it that were older than me, but I had to adjust myself based upon the individuals that I was talking to. Now, a great many of those individuals still live at home with their mom to this day. No, that's the truth. Okay, That's the the truth. I know them. In the basement. Mm. Still live at home with their mom because there's a level of assertiveness that may have been neglected, but I had to consider how I spoke. So 
those little building blocks helped me growing up to be cognizant of the way in which I dealt with people because I realized being a person who played sports, my threshold or level of sensitivity was pretty thick. I wasn't easily offended by somebody saying bad words. My father would say things like, shut the fuck up, Uh -uh. take your ass upstairs. So when you get told things like that, people today would call it verbal abuse. I just called it, that's the way he spoke, okay? (laughs) So when you hear things like that, you begin to have thicker skin to not be offended by something as deeply as, well, why is she sitting in our house and she said these things about me, even not being offended by what it was that she said, if she wants to go down that road. So you get a chance to learn from the way in which you speak, but you understand you can be a little bit gentler in the way in which you operate. So that that's part of my experience. You say I can be a little bit more We gentler? as people. It's like we as people can learn from how we operate. We can learn that, listen, if I'm going to talk strongly, I can't be offended by someone who talks strong to me. But if people are offended by my strong talk, I can modify myself to some degree in order to speak for them, speak to them in a tasteful manner, because the world is not something the way I look at it that has to adjust to me. I have to be intelligent enough to be able to adjust to the dynamics that are surrounding me in the world. Let me ask you this, Daddy. While while all at the same time being yourself. When we were kids, how did you know you could talk strong to me at 14? And I'm going to tell you why I asked you that. Mm -hmm. Because I remember when I came back up to the school to see you. Right. And I had on this darling Cute dress. It, okay. It was it was a skirt, but my shirt was tucked dress. in, right. right? And it was white with these all these different color stripes. So I'm going to go see <laughs> my friend, right? So now we got to walk to the bus stop. Now, I think I'm being cute and looking cute to go see my friend. And then as we get to the bus stop, what did you say to me? No, this was when you were leaving to go home. From your father's house. Right. Right. And you were running your mouth, moving slowly. And I said, if you don't hurry your fat ass on and come on. Okay. Now, did y'all hear that? And it's so funny because it didn't make me go, it just made me say, okay. Right, because (laughs) you would call me big head and all kinds of things and speak strongly. So you were cut from the cloth in which I felt that I had come from where we loved each other. We could say what we needed to say as friends, but we weren't affected by it negatively. We just were looking at the world like, come on and catch up. But everybody doesn't feel that way. And there's some people such as yourself that you may be able to say certain things, but you're not easily able to be a recipient of certain things that were said. In that moment, you were cool. But at times... You just found found out that it was a little bit difficult for you to receive certain things that you would say. Such as. <laughs> now, y'all, when that get quiet, I'm staring at his ass. That's okay? right, I'm looking at him now. Because the conversation came from, listen, when you introduce people to one another, allow them to get to know one another. You are talking so goddamn much that they don't get a chance to know one another. But this is weird, though. 
it get this is where it gets a fine line for me because sometimes it feel like people want me to talk. Sometimes it's like we we want you to carry this. It's like almost like if you're not talking, ain't nobody talking. So it's like, well, let me do the talking to bring everybody in so that they will talk. It may not necessarily be that way. That just may be the way I'm seeing it. But sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it feel like we need you to be the carrier I of believe, the conversation. I believe that that is true. At times it is. But again, would you say that observation has typically been your strong point? No. Why not? Because you're talking. You're quick to talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. So oh, in your shit. mind, as right. opposed to observing now, have I been the person in our friendship that has been quick to talk or quick to listen? Quick to listen. Do I do more listening than I do talking? Yes. Which allows me that an opportunity that when I finally have something to say, it's because I have something to say. Not that you don't have something to say because you typically have something to say. That's why you are phenomenal as a stand-up comedian. You can hold it down infinitely. You can do an hour, 30 minutes, two hours like it's an hour because you have shit to say. That's why you're an incredible host. However, what we were speaking about was when we're not on stage, how do we interact with people? So that's how we got to if you weren't you, would you be able to get along with you because... If you like to talk and someone else likes to talk, how does that work out? Because you're both talking at the same time and no one's willing to listen. When you say, because there was a time when I said that there was some parts of me that I wasn't friendly with. And there were other parts of me that I was friendly with. So I don't think there was ever a time that I felt like I couldn't be my friend. Because there's just too many, too many things in my life that I had to stand just for me. When there was nobody else there. So, uh, again, I don't think that there was ever a time that I would say definitively I couldn't be my friend. Definitively. But I'll ask him, when it was those times when it was rough and challenging, how could you remain being my friend when I was this person that was not friendly? It wasn't that you weren't friendly. It's because... When you understand someone's heart, your heart has always been pure. Your heart has always been the type of person, if you saw someone get mistreated or if you saw someone being done wrong, or even if you had done something wrong, in the moment you might try to stand tough, but the best part about you is you have an extremely healthy conscience. So you will reflect on what may have transpired, and then you will come back and say, you know what, I thought about that, and I didn't handle that right. And for me... That redeeming quality allows me to love you even more because it's one of those things where from I, I, I don't know what it is to be perfect. And I don't expect anyone around me to be perfect. But to be perfectly honest, in order for one to have a great relationship with anyone, you have to understand when you've made the mistake of not doing right by others that that character that one has allows them to come back and say, you know what? I made a mistake, which can allow you to be your friend in the long run. Maybe not in the moment. If you were to run into certain things that you may have said to others and you had had that said to you, that's what I'm speaking about. See, you can be your friend while you're saying these things and you like me and my buddy, me are teaming up and saying what we're saying to them. But can you be your buddy with you? When those things are being said to you, 
if it was being said to you by you. And as you've admitted in the past, no, you couldn't. Just like I may not have been able to if I was built differently to accept certain things that I said to my 13-year-old, 12, 13-year-old peers, had I not had the experience I had with 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old guys, and I had to be empathetic to the fact that that wasn't what it was that they had done. And I also had the pleasure and the blessing of having a grandmother and a mother that said, Gene Hicks, you have to learn how to be patient. You have to cool your temper because, again, you grow up in a household when you have an abusive dad verbally, physically. You have to learn how to modify that and get that in check because as a kid, you think when you get mad, you're supposed to blow up. Let motherfuckers have it. Let me get that. What? (laughs) Until you start realizing, well, listen, I had some nurturing individuals who gave me some great advice that made me think about it so that I thought to myself, because, you know, we have this little voice in our head that tells us, look over there. It feels like I'm being watched. Um, maybe I shouldn't say that right now. And then later on, you find out the reason why you shouldn't have said it because your mother and father were right around the corner when you was a kid. We call it intuition, but that little voice in my head said, listen to what's being said. And if you start working on it right now as a child, and if you start paying attention to the people that are around you right now and that have great qualities in all different ways, somebody may be articulate, someone may be patient, someone may be a hard worker, and you take those traits from what you see and you utilize them, it can benefit you in the long run so that when you become an adult, the difficulties that you're having now as a child, you may not have them to the degree that you have them if you start working on them now. So I've had the benefit of having that little voice in my head say these things to me based upon the individuals that I've met. So when you would come into my room when we were roommates and you would eat my pepperidge from cookies up and then leave the raisins on my dresser or take my vintage tapes away to down at the, the comedy club. And I say, Monique, have you seen my uh, uh, public enemy? And you say, well, I had taken it <laughs> down to the club. Now, a different person would have lied and said no, but you were honest and bold enough to say I went into your drawers and took your shit. Because I... I didn't think that would be a question. Like I didn't, I didn't think that. My uh huh. All right, babies, we're gonna see y'all Monday. At, uh, we're gonna y'all listen to the show on Monday. We're talking to our Periscope babies to say thank y'all. Um, but what I didn't see at that time, I didn't see anything wrong with that. Right. Because had you gone in my room and taken anything out of my room, I wouldn't have been offended by that. So you know you're not gonna say that. When you hear silence after she says something, that means I'm staring at her. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all are just joining us, the topic today is: Could you be your own friend if you weren't you? Could you be your own friend? If you weren't you, and I think too sometimes because this morning, <clears throat> Tommy T, come on to the mic. Come on to the mic. I told you you was coming on to the mic. Because this morning we were having the conversation while we were doing our stretching. And, you know, Dwight said the same thing. Dwight said, I'm a very good friend. But I don't know if 
I would be that same friend to me. But I'm a very good friend. Tommy's response was, I couldn't be my friend. I couldn't be my friend if I were not me. Right? Right. Why not? Not that. I mean, and I don't want nobody to think that I'm just not a good friend to a person. Mm-hmm. I just, I, you know what, the, honestly speaking, I'm just now being conscious of even entertaining the thought of having a friend. Mm. And I don't know if that, and it, I don't, I mean, that's just, I don't want it to sound as though I never wanted friends. Mm-hmm. I just never been conscious of making it be an importance to have or to be accountable in a friendship. So uh, now, I don't know if I want to be a friend with me now. I want to work on some things to be a yes. friend. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't want that to sound so... You know, that's friendly, but. But I think that's honest, and I don't think that's unique. And I don't think that that's something that when people listen to it, they'll be so taken aback or thrown off because so many of us wasn't even taught how to be a friend. No. To even understand what it is to have a friendship. So to say, could I be my own friend? Some of us don't even know what it means to be a friend. Some of us don't know because we sleep on that idea. And speaking of sleeping on ideas. (laughs) Are you tired of needing better rest, but usually wake up feeling a mess because of an inferior mattress? That can all be over now because a peaceful night's sleep is now only a few key key strokes away with a mattress that's been redesigned and now you can get it from Lisa online. That's Lisa, y'all. It's spelled L-E-E-S-A. What is it, the Lisa Mattress Company, you ask? It is an innovative, exclusively online mattress company enhancing the gift of sleep. And here's four important reasons why. Number one, it starts with a 10-inch hybrid foam mattress with three premium foam layers for a universal feel that everyone needs for a better sleep. Secondly, it is a perforated 2-inch Avena foam top layer to keep you cool and give you that cushiony bounce. (laughs) Number three, there is a 2-inch memory foam middle layer for body contouring. And number four, each mattress has a 6-inch dense core support foam for durability and edge support. Now, how do they know that they can trust it? Well, at Lisa, baby, they give you a 100-night risk-free trial. It's also 100% American-made. The mattress is shipped, compressed in a box right to your door, and shipping is free. Yes, free anywhere in the U.S. Now, I know y'all are saying this must cost a fortune. Actually, no. A Lisa mattress only starts at $525. For listening to Monique and Sydney, Lisa has given a code for $75 off your next mattress. When you put in lisa.com backslash open and order a mattress, we repeat, go to leesa.com backslash open and order a mattress. And the Lisa company is like the Tom Shoes or Warby Parker of the mattresses with their 1 in 10 program because they donate one mattress to a shelter for every 10 they sell. The Wall Street Journal even said this is the Uber of mattresses. So remember, if you want a good night's rest and hate waking up feeling like a mess, go ahead and get Elisa's redesigned mattress. Go ahead and get it and tell them Monique and Sydney sent you. You better do it. Now I'm going to tell y'all something about this mattress. Because all that good shit, all that foam, you sleep and you wake up feeling good. So you want to know, can you be a friend to yourself? That's how you start. Okay. That's how you start. There it is. <laughs>
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. But back to what you were saying. Well, I think that when I listen to Tommy and I think about that, and even in friendship, because I've told you, I said, Daddy, for so long, for the friends that I have, y'all have loved me despite because I didn't know how to be a friend. I didn't know how to really nurture a friendship. I didn't know that thing of consideration. And I'm not thinking I'm doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just this is how it operates. This is how it goes. And to be now challenged to be a good friend mm-hmm. and not with money attached to it, mm-hmm. but just to be a good friend. I'm appreciative of the lessons I'm learning about friendship mm-hmm. when it's not convenient, when it's not um, in your favor when it's not where everything has to work out so we, I, I'll do it but this has to go this way and this way and this way whereas I want to be incon- I, I will be inconvenienced because I want you to know the friend that I am part of it also is when we take the time out to be the other driver on the other side of the road who's seeing us as the driver on the other side of the road with our wheel on the double yellow line. And we then reflect on what is it that would make someone ride down the street with their left wheel on the double yellow line. And we don't think about what it was that they were taught. We just think about the inconvenience that's been imposed upon us by them not thinking about it holistically and about the other individual on the other side of the road. So if, again, within that moment when we're easily able to get mad at people who we call our friends, but when they do something wrong, they're no longer our friends, we cut them off and we take pride, especially in our community. We take pride in being able, I can cut you off quick. So that ain't even no problem. Brenda don't know me. I can cut you off quick. Shit. As opposed to understanding that that's more of a sign of weakness and fear that you don't want to be hurt as opposed to accepting the fact that who doesn't want friendship? Right. And that when you understand that friendship is not something that comes easily because sometimes we're not easily friends to ourselves so that when we're dealing with somebody and you stop and think, I would say to myself, what would make this young lady come in my room and take my things (laughs) and not give a damn? And then it would dawn on me. Why we got to keep going back to that shit, okay? I am sorry. Because because you're the best <laughs> analogy I can give. Damn. And it's because I realized she wasn't given much better. Who told her? I knew the dynamics of the household. I knew right. mom, dad, brothers, right. sisters, right. and I've heard the stories. So I knew there was a level of consideration that wasn't given to her. Right. And it was every person for themselves. Are they not good people in the heart of who they are? Yes. Yeah. But consideration had not been considered. Yeah. James, I don't appreciate that. That's <laughs> what you're doing over there. Okay. <laughs> now I'm trying to get my life right. Get it right then. I'm trying to. You Damn. know what? That's the, that's the beauty of all of this because it's... It allows you to reflect and say, I know that a lot of my experiences as I grew up actually have shaped and mold who I am today. Mm-hmm. And 
when the when the question was asked, you know, I I really had to be honest because in coming and joining into this team, I was I was faced with you know a lot of intimacy when it came to business because it wasn't okay. You come in, do what you gotta do, and you leave. Mm-hmm. You spending a lot of time with these people, mm-hmm. and so now it's like you you you're opened up more. Besides just the business at hand, now you're opened up on a personal level, mm-hmm. and I've never allowed that to be something that I that I paid attention to in a long period of time. And she let us know that our <laughs> very first meeting, <laughs> baby, when we met for lunch to have a conversation, me, her, and Robin sitting at the table, and she was strong. She said, "Listen." I know how to do what I need to do. I ain't trying to get into your business. I don't need nobody in mine. This is what it's going to be. But, but we it wasn't could, in a disrespect. No, but manner. we can still see her heart through all of right. that. And just background for those that don't know, yes. Tommy is Monique's. We would say normally Hollywood says hairstylist, right. but she's more the old school beautician that's, yeah, that's because right. she got to make sure that the, the hair is healthy, not just style. That's right. right. Yes. That's right. Yes. And to give insight on what you're saying, though you say you have a difficulty with friendship, one thing that you showed from the beginning was your level of professionalism and how you would appreciate if you were in Monique's position, how you would want the people that work with you to Mm -hmm. treat you because the first time you were supposed to go out, you missed the plane. Right. And we've had other individuals that had missed the plane. And when they missed the plane, that meant you didn't see them in the city that they were supposed to be in executing the function of the job. Mama, tell what happened. (laughs) Okay, I got to go back further before we go to the plane. So Tommy had come to the house and we were having this conversation about the Discovery Channel, right? Yes. And we had seen the night before we saw the wildebeest. And how when the wildebeest start crossing over that river, it if your ass gets stomped, nobody stops to come back to get you. Nobody. Then will the beast keep on going? So we laughing and having a good time. So here come the next day. And now we got to travel. So Tommy calls Robin and says, um, I missed my flight. I'm not going to make the flight. So Robin says, and this is her first, this is her first trip out with us. Yes. So Robin says, oh, okay. So Robin looks at me and I said, let her know I'm good. Like, Okay. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I got to move on to the next. Like, yeah. you missing the plane on your first come round. Yeah. About two hours later, <laughs> Robin get a call back, and it's I'm Tommy here. saying, listen, I am here, okay? I got on the plane. I don't know how. We ask no questions, but she made somebody's flight, okay? Right. So this is what really grabbed my heart. It was time for us to get up in the morning so we could start getting everything together, you know, because we had to go do press. I open up the hotel room door and she walks in and with a smile on her face and said, I will not be the wildebeest to get left behind. <laughs> that's right. We bust out laughing and hugged and that's been what, almost a year and a half yes, ago? Yes. So, you know, I don't I don't know if it's that we don't understand friendship. I think that with people like us, we're looking for someone that we can feel that's genuine. It's almost yeah. like we can get in our little girl ways I've been hurt so much. Yeah. I ain't trying to give not another motherfucker a chance to hurt me. So let me know, let you know from jump. You want me to do your hair? I got your hair. That's all the fuck I'm going to have with you is your hair. And I think we've just been so used to, and I I won't speak for you, I'll say for me, you get so used to 
being hurt, yeah. I'll say that it's almost like, let me put up my defense. And the moment I think you get ready to violate, listen, let me take your number out of my phone. Because yeah. I don't want to have to deal with this shit. Yeah. And at the same time, but when I hurt you, you should understand. Yes, and keep my number in your phone. Right. Okay, right. and then yes. call me and check on me. Right. Please. But that is what I'm saying. I'm learning. I think I've become a better friend. I think you have, too. Okay. I think you have, too. So it's like, but you, we can't have these friendships, and we can't have self-analysis sometimes on our own accord because we're oftentimes afraid to visit with ourselves unless we have those individuals around us that are willing to say, hey, check yourself. Because if you're going to tell me to check me out of friendship, because what do we say? Don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I need to hear. Tell me what I need to know. Tell me what I need to know. So it's a difference. So when we have those real conversations, not only will we, would we be able to be our friends if we were to run into us coming down the other side of the road, Mm -hmm. we're then able to be better friends to others who meet us Mm -hmm. on the other side of the road. You know, when, when, I, when I think about it, even as we're talking right now, I, I could be my friend today. And I am my friend today. Even through my flaws, mm-hmm. even through my mishaps, even through my, fault, my fails. Did I say that right, my fails? Hey, baby. All right, then, shit. Through my fails. <laughs> because I appreciate the person that gets back up. I appreciate the person that even when shit is... In my mind, going crazy as hell, I appreciate that other person that says, bitch, keep fighting. Keep going. Like, keep, keep, keep pushing. Keep trying to make it happen. I dig her. You know what I'm saying? And need to work on Doreen. But that's based upon the outside looking in is not what's going to make you be your friend. What would allow you to be your friend is the fact that when you do make a mistake, you're able to come back to to your friend and say I made a mistake and I've watched people come back to you when you've made a mistake or when they've made a mistake and they've apologized to you sincerely and then your heart melts and then you accept them back which is something that we as people when we are able to do that it makes us better now you know because how do you beat someone up because they made a mistake but they've come to you sincerely Now, what you won't do is be the person that accepts someone back when they say, well, if you think that I offended you, then I want to say, then I'm sorry, then. Then I'm sorry. Keep that. It's like, no, we can keep that. But the one thing about you, your apologies are heartfelt like the 70s, the happy days at the end of it. (laughs) When Because, Daddy, I really do be sorry. Like, I really, I really do. And when I have the moment to self-evaluate, to say, my God, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I carried on like that. And I almost don't want to wait for the apology. It's almost like, let me say it right now, because I feel so... Almost like you feel like you can't function mm-hmm. when you know you owe somebody an apology and you ain't saying it. And it's almost like, and that's a subliminal thing in the room where, but you owe me an apology. But you ain't going to say nothing. And you can ask me how I'm doing today. 
And when you give that apology in the words of the Fonz, it's like, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> you know, let me read this comment, Daddy. This is a comment we got from Arlene Thompson. Excellent question. Yes, I could. And it would be gr- a great experience to see how others perhaps view me and never point out my flaws. Then once I see my flaws firsthand, I can truly correct myself to be a better person. Uh, do you know? Hey. Do you know where I see myself? A lot in Jonathan. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh. Hmm. I get the opportunity. Oh, yes. To see me in one of the twins, because everything about Jonathan, everything about this baby, is Monique, the attention getter. The attention seeker, the sensitive part, the I need just everything about this baby. So I get a chance to see me and then I have to say, don't get irritated because that's you. That's you. He's a storyteller. God damn it. He's going to tell a story. OK, but that's me. Mm-hmm. He He's going. Jonathan can say shit to David and Michael. Baby, he's good with it. Mm-hmm. Come back on him. He's crestfallen. How could you say those things to me? Dad, mom, they're they're not. And I look and I go, wow. And I have to laugh because you'll come back and say, but listen to what they're saying to one another. How How is this going to go on? You'd be sounding like somebody from as the world turns. How can this go on? <laughs> and I'm looking at you like, mama, <sighs> there's Michael, David and Jonathan. They're all boys. And as brothers, what they're going to do is say the foulest things to one another (laughs) to hurt one another's feelings. They're going to say it. But at the end of the night, what are they doing? Talking to one another, hugged up, and let somebody get hurt too bad. Now they feel bad. And when Jonathan says something and he wants to start crying about it, and then you look like, oh, my God, but... Then the question is asked, what is it that you just heard your brother say to you that offended you so? And have you not said the same thing to him? Well, yeah. Well, how come now it's more painful when it's said to you than when you say it to him? And the same look that you have on your face (laughs) is the same look that they will have on their faces. But what happens is it's really not heavy. It's just addressing the ridiculousness so that we as people, we have this problem of taking ourselves way too seriously, way too seriously. We're way too important. And if we were really that important, why would the universe allow us to live these finite amount of years? And then it's nigga. Later, (laughs) you've got to go. You've got to get the fuck out of here. I don't know where you're going next, but you must get the fuck out of here. Oh, daddy, I don't want to go. I don't want to go either, but damn it, we have no say. Baby, please. We have no say. Listen, if there's a waiting room in the universe, I will be there waiting for you because I know I'm going first no. oh yeah because your ass no. is long winded and you will be here and you don't know when to go 
You'll be 125. <laughs> I'm still waiting in her waiting room for you. No, like, Daddy. Her ass no. will be coming soon. No. Shit. Jonathan, David, Michael, all of us are like, where the fuck is she at? Well, I'm just telling you right now, real shit, uh-huh. okay? If I should go before you, I'm going to be in the waiting room. I want you to know, I'm going to be in the waiting room. But if Barry White has <laughs> walk up in that waiting room. I already know. I, Barry okay. White, Franco Harris, it's all over. I'm going to see him. It's all over. I'm going to see him. It's all, I already know. Okay, but but he, if he walk up in the waiting room. <laughs> Give it to me. He's already just revisiting because he must have heard that you was there because he done already. He should already have his place and shit. So you go and hang out with old Barry for a minute. I'll see you later. Oh. I'll catch up with you in the next life like I did in this one. Yes, baby. Yes, because we've, y'all, we've been together in many more uh, past lives. This isn't the first time. That's that- how I can accept you because this is the oh. shit that you've done in previous times. <laughs> okay? This is the shit that you do. Okay? Listen, and I to talk to everybody because... My daddy says, Mommy, don't make it separate when you say sisters or brothers. However, I'm not a man. So I really. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Why you do that? To mm. <laughs> mm. The verdict is out. The verdict no, is out. Daddy, mm. I'm not a man. You're a masculine Sagittarian. You've your masculine ways. You got masculine ways about your love. Okay. You so, do. Yes. But you're not a man, though. Well, go ahead. I'm not a man. Mm-mm. Though from time to time I can have a little beard, but I'm not a man. Not a man. That's just. Oh, but okay. take care of all that shit and it's all good. Okay. <laughs> Daddy, I forgot what I was getting ready to say. Shit. You don't talk to the sisters and brothers. You talk to right. them. Um, right. However, I don't know if it's a woman thing or a man thing, but just to the sisters, there's so much that we didn't get. And some of us are so willing to not get it. And that's why I say in every show that I believe this show is so important because these very conversations we're having right now, y'all, when I tell you these are the very conversations Sydney and I have been having for years in the closet and in the bathroom, and they've helped me keep my sanity. Because if not, if I didn't have that person that's able to say to me, check that shit, where you going with that? What's going on? And to be able to see me at times when I'll say the friends that I have, every last one of them, and I, and, and I can count them on one hand that are friends, all of them at one point in our relationship could have said, bitch, I'm done. And all I could have said was, I understand. I would have, you know, begged, mm-hmm. please don't go. Please don't take your love from me. I'm yours forevermore. Babe, I'm going to get my cabarets on and shit. You get it. But to speak to the sisters, to say the ones that are out there that is closed off to hearing it differently and closed off to getting it differently. And when you really look in that mirror and the one that's looking back at you, will they say, you are my friend? Or will they say, I can't stand the thought of us looking at each other? And there are a lot of women that I know of, and at a time including me. I'm not trying to take, make me exempt. Including me at times. It, you can look in that mirror and say, I'm so fucking disappointed in what you're putting out. I'm so disappointed, in, and I'm getting tired of you saying, okay, next time I'm going to get it right. Next time I'm going to get it right. So what this, this show is the show that says, let's try to get it right right now in the present. 
Because we'll mess around and wait till you're taking them last breaths, and then you want to go back and perform the apologies. And the reason why I say when, we, when we're speaking to people that I prefer not to single it out as just, just the sisters or the brothers because we're spirits that are encased inside of a body momentarily until we're freed again as just spirits. So all this information is specific to individuals that just exist, to human beings. And I'm sure there's some beings that may not be human that can tune in and hear this as they're flying through that this can relate to. Hi, y'all. So, <laughs> <laughs> I respect them. So it's, it's one of those things where whether you're a male or whether you're a female, it doesn't matter because this can work for everyone. If you're not, uh, if you're putting something out that you wouldn't be receptive to, then you already know you're handling it the wrong way. If you're saying that I can do something, but you can't do it, then how can that be fair? So again, at the end of the day, especially due to the fact that we have to coexist with one another this information is applicable to whoever can hear it, whoever can understand it, and whoever has interactions with other people on a daily basis because at some point we all need correcting. We're like those analog radios. We're not digitally based where you can just put in V103 and now we locked into the station. It's we're analog and sometimes we got to tune ourselves, but it's an ever and an ongoing job that we have as people, but when we focus in on ourselves, for in my humble experiences, it allows one to be more empathetic towards others when they make a mistake because then you can say, based upon the things that I've done, if you come to me and say that I that's my bad, you good. And it's sincere, you good. But for those people that don't want to focus in on themselves, it's hard for them to be empathetic to others because it's easier to point out the flaws of other people than it is to deal with your own. So when we get those comments from Arlene, it's just saying, right, if we focus in on us, how much better will we be as a whole? Could you be your friend if you weren't you? And that's something to take back to our families and have that discussion. Could you be your friend if you weren't you? Or are you that friend that don't nobody want to fuck with at all? Oh. I think we need to <laughs> Are you that friend that don't nobody want to deal with? Are you that friend? I don't ever want to be that friend. I don't want to look up and people say, you know what? You wasn't a good friend, and now we're here. And now you want all of this friendship. So I think if we really do start with us first. And being a great friend to us, a great friend to, you know, what it is that we do want to get back. What it is we do want to get back. I enjoyed doing the show with you today. I enjoyed doing the show with you today, Daddy. And thank you, Tommy. Oh, yes, yes. And I want to give a shout out. Give it. To, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ivory, uh, you know, London, and BJ. Give yes. it to Yes, yeah. they Tommy's babies. They's my babies. Yes, and and, and I want to say to you too, Tommy, that I'm proud of you. Thank you. 
I'm 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 proud of you. I'm I'm proud of you for staying open to it. Yeah, because I mean, I, you you're never at a place where you stop learning, and I appreciate you know being at this right at this time at this moment because I didn't think it was gonna be a moment of learning like this. You know, I, didn't I just either. no, I didn't. No, I did not. I did <laughs> And I'm appreciative of it. And I'm, thank I'm, you, I'm, uh, Mr. Hicks, for being my friend. Okay? Shit. Because, <laughs> baby, now, had I, had you had the list, had I had the list on you that you have on me? Oh. <laughs> so I'm grateful for that. So if you have a friend like that, start saying to yourself, how do I give that back? Reciprocity. And start with you first. So, again, we want to thank everybody for listening to us. And um, next weekend, because this show will air Monday, next weekend, if you are in the Houston, Texas area, we'll be at the Houston Improv Friday night and Saturday night. Two shows. And May the 6th, if you are anywhere near Harlem, New York, we will, we will be performing live, myself, Tone X, and Capone at the legendary Apollo Theater. Get it. Get it. And I got to tell y'all, the Facebook is Mo and Sid's Open Relationship, Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. If you have any questions or comments about this show, please always feel free to send it to us on Facebook, and we will answer it as best we can. So, well, we got to go. Yeah, Ashley Lloyd, we want to thank you for your comment, baby. If we talk about the show again, we will make sure we read it. But it was really good. She said, treat people the way you want to be treated. That's all it is. That's what it is. That's all it is. So what we're going to do, thank you one more time for tuning in the way. Monique and Sydney's open relationship. And remember. The mind is like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. We love y'all. For free. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.